Hey, praise God, man. I'm glad y'all tuned in tonight for this Wednesday night session of the Spirit of Life. We're on session 14, and I'm so proud of you that you've tuned in and watched all 14 or 13. We're going to have 14 tonight, all the messages. And man, I want to tell you something. I really believe with all of my heart, if you, I mean, these are short messages, 30 minutes. And if you would just take 30 minutes, watch them, rewatch them, watch them, just keep going over and over and over and over. Man, you're going to get more revelation is going to leap out of the scriptures. Things that are said is going to speak to your heart because it's a living word we're talking about. And it's the spirit of life on the inside of you. And so, you know, last week I shared with you and talked about that. That Psalms 23, Jesus talking about the green pastures and the still waters, that that is your Bible. And I just believe tonight that as we go into those green pastures and go sit beside those still waters tonight and study the Word of God, that literally you're going to get a revelation that's going to change your life. And so let me pray for you, and then let's get started tonight. Heavenly Father, I just pray tonight for everyone watching this broadcast. I thank you, Lord, all over the world as people tune in. That, Lord, tonight is a night of, of revelation. Tonight is going to be a night of victory in their lives. Tonight, Lord, God's going to be a night that, Lord, the word of God is going to leap off the pages of their Bibles and into their hearts. It's going to change our lives and make us more like you, Jesus. Lord, you said we're to be changed from glory to glory. There's a transformation taking place in our life. And, Lord, I just pray tonight that people will, Lord, have a revelation that transforms us and changes our whole life, changes everything about it. And so, Lord, I pray tonight, bless them. Lord, let them hear you like they've never heard you before. And, Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So um, last week I was talking about, about the love of God, and I told you that if you have a revelation of the love of God, that that is the very first thing in your life that will, will, will change everything going on with you. We're going to have troubles. We're going to have persecution. I told you that. But he said, hey, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that can take you away from God's love just beaming towards you every day. I gave you the scripture last week of 1 John 3, 1 that says, behold, what manner of love is this? And you think about John. John is the apostle John. You know, he was the one that laid his head on Jesus's breast. He was the one that was right there with him. He was the one who had started and been all, seen all the miracles, seen everything done. But even John was so impressed with the love of God. He writes in 1 John 3, 1, behold, what manner of love is this? Or, this is mind-blowing, unbelievable to understand the love of God. This is John saying this. It's not like you say, yeah, God, he's a nice guy. He loves everybody. Everything's okay. No, he's saying it's mind boggling how much God's love is there for us. And so we read in Romans 8, 31, 8, 32, and through there, all the way down to 35, 39, we saw that, that nothing can separate you from God's love. There is nothing, there is nothing in this world or in the spiritual realm that could ever stop God from loving you and his love beaming towards you. So if God's for us and God loves us, that revelation in your heart, it'll set you free. It'll change everything in your life. Now, I showed you last week where in Ephesians 1 and 3 that God's given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He already got everything in heaven's already yours. And so I want to go to another scripture. I want to back up just a little bit. 
I want to go to Romans 8.33. Because I want to give you the second revelation you've got to have, but I need to lay a little groundwork here. So Romans 8.33. It says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. You know, the devil's really good at coming and lying to people, lying and speaking into their, their minds and trying to get into their heart. Well, Jesus put it this way. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So the things he's lying to you or trying to kill you, steal from you, and destroy from you, he's wanting to whisper those things. He's wanting you to, to, to feel these feelings and get into your emotions and all these things. But the truth that says here, who shall bring a charge to God's elect? It's God who justifies. If God Almighty has justified you, then how can a charge be laid against you? He's the creator. He's the one that created this world and all that are in. He's the one that created you. He's the one that formed you in your mother's womb. He's the one that's laid everything down for you and given you a purpose in life, called you, brought you to salvation, then how can the devil come up and say, oh, you're guilty of this or you're guilty of that, if God has said, I didn't charge you? Because if you go look at the scriptures, people miss the second revelation. The second revelation is the power in the blood of Jesus. If you know God loves you and you understand the power of the blood of Jesus, nothing can stop you. Because you see, the enemy wants you to feel like you're guilty which guilty means he's trying to convince you that you've done something wrong, so therefore God can't love you. God's not going to do anything with you. God's not going to care for you. God's not going to be there for you. God's not going to answer your prayers. God's not going to do this stuff. He comes in there, and he just starts lying to you because the devil is a liar. That's what he does. He is a professional liar. You hear what I'm saying? He will not tell you the truth. He is always going to lie or twist the word in such a way to make it a lie. He's not going to tell you the truth. He's not going to tell you God's right there, and if you, if you believe in him, he's going to bless you and help you, and the blood of Jesus has made you free. But don't believe that. Come over here and let me torment you. He's not going to do that. A devil's, he's not that stupid. He's been around forever. And he's, that's why they call him old Slewfoot. He's pretty shifty, got some wiles and some schemes to try to take you into a place that you will be defeated. Now, it says here, I'm, I'm still in Romans 8, 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now, let me, enter, let me help you here. I have already been charged, convicted, but set free. I was already charged that I was a sinner, lost into the things of this world. The Bible tells me that there was indictments against me, and I was guilty. And then I got charged. The charge was to go to hell to be eternally separated from God. But then God had a plan. He sent Jesus. And he sent Jesus into this world, and Jesus went, and he became the sacrificial lamb. He became the one standing in our spot, taking the punishment in the courtroom of heaven and earth, the courtroom there, saying, I'm guilty, and his penalty was to go and hang on the cross and die right there on the cross for you and I. And we were set free 
charges were dropped, and we got to walk away. So if God has already said you're guilty, Robert, your conviction is you're to go to hell, but you got a way out through Jesus, and I took it, then how can I, wait a minute, wait a minute, how can I be convicted? I can't be convicted for a crime that I've already been forgiven for. All right? Let's go here in the Word. Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. These words that are coming to my mouth. Listen to me. I know this sounds funny, but the words that are coming out of my mouth are so powerful. Oh, man, I just wish everybody in the world could hear, hear it and get a revelation of it. Because if you understand this, man, the devil has no power over you. He doesn't. Colossians 1.21 says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Where were you alienated from and, and enemies in? It was in your mind, he says, by wicked works. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. That's what he says. He says right now, you were guilty. You were an enemy from doing wicked works and in your mind. But he said, now, because of the blood of Jesus, you have become holy, blameless, and above reproach. Look down in verse 13, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. Here we go. Look, he says, you have been delivered. You have been taken into another kingdom. The power of darkness has no more dominion over you. How? Because you have been redeemed through the blood You've been redeemed through the blood. His blood, the blood of Jesus has redeemed you and your sins have been forgiven. The devil only has power over you if you have unrepentant sin in your life that you're clinging on to. Then, I mean, then, yeah, you're, you're, you're being foolish. But he's saying under the blood, you're forgiven. Oh, man, you're translated over into the kingdom of the son of his love. And then you have, you're, you're looked at as holy, unblameable, and unreprovable on his sight. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is so amazing. You have to understand something, all right? The crazy thing about understanding the blood of Jesus is we, we only look at blood physically. If you've ever cut yourself, you've ever got blood on you, you've ever butchered an animal, done anything like this, and you had blood on you, you realize that when you get blood on you, you don't consider yourself clean. You consider yourself dirty. You got blood on you. If you get blood on your shirt or your pants or something like that, it stains and it's hard to get out. Everybody says, oh my gosh, you got blood on you. And then you got to do this and that, try to scrub it out because the blood stains. But and, and, and think about this. If you saw someone in the physical, you walked out of your house and somebody came up to you with blood all over them, you're immediately going to be alarmed. You're either going to be thinking they're hurt or they've hurt somebody, right? You're not going to look at it and say, oh, hey, brother, you got a lot of blood on you this morning. But there was actually a sacrifice that was done uh, 
in Moses did it with the Jewish people to cleanse the people. And the cleansing was he took a hyssop bush, which is actually like a sage bush, and they stuck it in a bunch of blood. And then he whoosh, 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 threw it on the people. And when they touched them with the blood, then they were, they were ceremonially cleansed. So in that case, you would want to get as much blood on you as you could because that was what was taking place. The ceremony was taking place and you'd want, you'd want the blood on you. But in the physical right now, if you see somebody with blood on them, you're alarmed. But now I want to talk about the spiritual. In the spirit realm, what the blood of Jesus says, Hebrews 12 and 24 says the blood of Jesus speaks. If you remember in the Old Testament, when Cain killed Abel and they went to the Lord, the Lord said, what have you done? I hear your brother's blood crying out from the ground. Now, so blood can speak. And the blood of Jesus in the spiritual realm is speaking over you, that you are redeemed, you are forgiven, you are holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. It's also speaking that you no longer are a part of the kingdom of darkness, but now you're a part of the kingdom of God. If you go to Mexico, there's laws that apply to you. But when you come back to the United States, those laws in Mexico no longer apply to you because now you're in the United States. Well, you used to be in, in the kingdom of darkness, and now you got transferred over here to the kingdom of light. So the, the, the principles and the laws of the kingdom of darkness, they don't fit over here in your life because now you're in the kingdom of God. And the blood is over your life. In the spirit realm, if you could see it, to, have, to be blood covered meant you're clean. You're sprinkled. When Moses took that hyssop bush and threw blood all over the people and it touched them, they were ceremonially cleansed. But in the spirit realm, listen to me, in the spirit realm, you want the blood on you and you have the blood on you. And when you're standing around, everybody's been blood bought. And it's like, man, I'm liking this. I'm in the spirit realm. You're seeing the blood and it's the blood of Jesus that speaks over your life. Just like the blood of Abel spoke from the ground that he was murdered. It's speaking over your life. 1 John 1.7. Let's look at 1 John 1.7. 1 John 1 and 7. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wow. Blood cleanses. You think blood gets you dirty, right? In the natural blood Stains your clothes and gets you dirty, but in the spiritual realm, blood cleanses. That's why the high priest went in once a year into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the sacrifice, and he poured it out upon the mercy seat to be the blood covering between the Ten Commandments underneath the, the, the mercy seat, representing the sin of man that they wouldn't handle, and the blood covering on top before God's presence right there. The blood in the spirit realm cleanses. Blood in the natural may stain your clothes, but blood in the spiritual realm cleanses you of all your sins and makes you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Now, let me show you a few more things of what the blood does. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, 19. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. The blood of Jesus takes you into the throne room. If you're walking into the throne room of God, you better have the blood on you because the blood of Jesus is crying out, I'm, I'm paid for, I'm blood bought. I have a right to be here. But the blood of Jesus on you, you can walk right past Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and everybody else and say, hey, boys, how you doing? And walk right up to the throne and talk to Almighty God, the creator of the heaven and earth and all therein. Sit down by your, your brother Jesus at his right hand because of the blood. Listen to me. When I, when I first... When I first got into uh, full gospel circles and I went to a few Pentecostal churches and was seeking the Lord and I didn't know anything about the way that they worship God, but I'd always hear these old time, old school Pentecostals always saying, well, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus. I didn't really understand it. But as I began to seek in the word of what was going on, I began to, it became a revelation to me that what they were saying was, hey, listen, everything may be Everything may be going wonky here, but man, I'm pleading the blood because the blood's going to speak over my life that I'm holy and unblameable and unreprovable in this sight. They were looking at it in the spiritual realm, not in the physical realm. If you live your whole life with your mindset and all in this physical realm, you're going to get defeated every time. But if you start to realize that, that God's laws are greater and that there's more power of the blood of Jesus than there is in anything else. And you start to realize that that blood is speaking over your life. Then you, you know that you can't be separated from the love of God. You know that you've been made right with God. That's who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect because the blood is speaking over our life. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians chapter two, verse 12. Ephesians 2.12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Listen to me. The blood of Jesus brings you close to God. It's your access key right into the throne, and it brings you close to God. It causes God to have a relationship with you unlike anybody else on the face of the earth because the blood of Jesus, his son that he loved and gave for us, is speaking over your life. Folks, if you say, well, I've been praying, my prayers aren't getting answered. Listen to me, you're praying wrong. Because the blood says God answers your prayers and he hears your prayers. The blood speaks of your life that you are redeemed, that, that no one can lay anything to charge of God's elect. But what's happening to you is you're listening to the earworm of the devil getting you off track and getting you to walk in doubt and unbelief. And you're not walking in the things of God because he's got your mind over in the things of darkness. You got to quit. You got to stop and tell the devil no and begin to speak to the things that are causing you to be off track and, and depressed and discouraged in life. And you got to quit listening to those things and start speaking the things of the word of God. And then you're going to see victory come because God's going to bring you close to him. Here's another scripture, what the blood does for you. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. And because you are sons of God, 
No, excuse me. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. The blood of Jesus makes you a family. God becomes your father. Jesus becomes your brother. And everybody else in the, in the world that's a Christian, too, becomes your brother also. Creates you to be in a giant family. Now, family's important. And I'll tell you what, when you understand that you're a part of the family of God, you're not alone. The devil doesn't have any way to get you to even think you're alone because you're a member of the family of God. Folks, listen to me. Change your life, set you free. Here, I got another one for you, okay? I got just a couple of more scriptures here for this session tonight. Go to Romans 8.34. We've already read it. We've looked at it in one of the other sessions, but man, I'm going to read it again. Romans 8.34. You know, I, I think about this because, see, I love you, and I want you to get this revelation. I'm here tonight and, and, and preaching this because, uh, in, you know, it's, it's not about money or, or, or prestige or anything. It's because I want you to understand this revelation of the love of God and the power of the blood of Jesus. And, and I, I, I pray for you tonight. Okay, but Romans 8.34 says, he, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who always makes intercession for us. Man, Jesus wants you to have this revelation more than I'm even wanting you to have this revelation. He's interceding for you tonight from the very throne of God saying, Lord, let them get this revelation of how much you love them and about how powerful my blood is over their life. Because when they get those two revelations, Lord, their whole life will be changed. The same scripture about Jesus interceding for us is in Hebrews 7.25. It says, therefore, he also is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Can you believe that Jesus, Jesus, we're talking the Son of God, who all authority has been given unto him, is praying for you. Do you hear that tonight, church? He's praying for you. He is interceding for you. So don't give up. Don't quit. Do not let the devil defeat you. Do not listen to the voices in your head. Everything in your head that doesn't line up with the word of God is a lie. It's a lie. And quit listening to the devil. Quit getting him, giving him any place. Quit walking in condemnation. Quit walking in shame. Quit walking in guilt. If you need power to overcome and you keep falling and, 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 and feeling that you're defeated and you keep falling, then stop and say, God, you love me. And the blood is speaking over my life that I'm a born again child of God, washed in his blood. My sins are forgiven. Start making those declarations out of your mouth. Quit walking around letting the devil tell you that you're a lowly worm, that you're not any good. You're not going to make it. Nobody loves you. Quit listening to that. And stop and begin to say something to the things around you and watch what God does. Watch what he does. I'm telling you, church, I believe that the days ahead of us are going to be harder than the days in the past. And you have got to get this revelation inside of you so that when the, when, when the things of this world come, that, Lord, I just declare that, that we're going to walk through it 
in victory because we're going to have a revelation of how much you love us and how powerful the blood of Jesus is. And so I just want to encourage you, church. You can do it. I know you can. You need to search the scriptures, believe the scriptures, pray. And I want to pray for you right now and just believe God that you're going to get this revelation of the blood. So, Father, I pray for everyone, everyone watching and listening, Lord God. I pray that this broadcast gets to people who are discouraged and, and in despair. It gets to people that they didn't even realize what it was. But, Lord, you begin to change their lives and set them free, that they begin to hear they begin to hear, Lord God, the still small voice of the Spirit of God speaking to them. They begin to hear, Lord God, that, that what you have for them, the great things of your love and the power in the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight that our eyes are open. I pray, oh, oh, Heavenly Father, that there is a revelation that comes to the people, that they know, oh God, that you, you are right there loving them. You're right there loving them, and nothing can separate them from your love. So, Lord, I pray encouragement. I pray blessings upon the people. And I thank you, Lord God, that this night is a night of transformation and a night of revelation for the people. And, Lord, I give you all the praise and thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.